Welcome to the K2 Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Karen Kelly. Every week, I'll be sitting down with a sales executive where they'll share their stories and experiences that produce game-changing results. Let's be honest, sales can be a tough game. I'm sure at some point, you've all delivered a less-than-stellar demo, been ghosted by a client or two, and sometimes, maybe we did more talking than listening. And that's where I can help. The stories and insights our guests share can be applied to your own business, your territory, or with your team, so you're not reinventing the wheel. Our weekly tactics and strategies help you get out of your head and start creating your own path towards game-changing results. Welcome back to the K2 Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Karen Kelly. Now, Wednesday, March 8th is International Women's Day. So typically, I interview sales leaders, business owners that are driving game-changing results in their industry or what I, I, I sometimes share what I'm seeing in my industry, but I had to come on on International Women's Day and share um, what I'm seeing from where we were, where we are, and where we're going and how we can do this together. So this is really, you know, to obviously share where we're at there's a status the status but also you know how can we come together um and really collectively move move the needle for women and so i want to share a little story about from where we were and so 1967 there was a woman named Catherine switzer and she was the first woman to run the boston marathon and at that race there was just over 600 people running today there's well over 40,000 runners and at the time, there was a press truck and there was a race director and they spotted her, her bib 261, and they saw she was a woman and they, they jumped her. They attacked her from behind as she was running and she was completely caught off guard and she was so afraid. And they tried to get her off the race. And thankfully, her boyfriend was able to push, push the race director off her and she ran and she ran and she just said, I got to keep going. I got to finish this. But A, to escape, you know, Jock, who was chasing her, that was his name, the race director at the time. But also, she said, for women in general, like, this is a movement I've started. If I don't finish this, you know, we're not going to move forward. We're not going to have future women running marathons. And we're not going to basically have that belief and that sense of equality. So there was so much more riding on that than just, just women. And so, you know, that unwavering belief she had in the past, how can we, how can we as women you know, embody some of that. And so here's a picture for those of you watching of, of Catherine Switzer. And I actually ran the Boston Marathon in 2008 and I saw her there. And I was so emotional seeing her because I remember thinking if it weren't for you blazing the trail, I wouldn't be here. And so I was just so grateful and it made me think, you know, how many women are, are, are Catherine's now? And maybe we're unaware of it. Maybe we're, you know, we're doing things. We're, in, we're um, creating a safe space for our team to open up and share. We're empowering them and we might not even be aware of it. Maybe on social media, a post really gets great reach and it resonates with somebody. And so the message here is, you know, we might be blindly helping people unbeknownst to ourselves. So that's, that's great if we're doing that, but also how can we really be intentional? And like the Catherine's of the world, and lead with that and go out with the objective to be a change agent, to um, inspire, motivate people that might not otherwise have the courage, the commitment that, that Catherine did to blaze the trail for all of us. So ironically, now 58% of all participants in races in the U.S. are women. And so I think, God, Catherine, like you're amazing. 
And, you know, that, that was the past. And that's just one example I wanted to draw upon because that, that I benefited personally from that. But there's so many other women like that that are there that don't get spoken about. And we, we are women like that. So sometimes, you know, you have to say, am I the Catherine or do I need to find a Catherine? But we can be both of those. And so then you think, okay, well, let's, let's kind of bring it to, to current day. Where are we at today? And some of the information from current state I took from Lori Richardson's amazing new book, uh, She Sells, and it's to attract, promote, and retain great women in B2B sales. And she's got a lot of stats to show uh, where we are as women in leadership, as CRO positions, and it's dismal stats. But again, it gives us that opportunity. How can we get better? How can we create a more inclusive culture that's going to get those numbers to where they need to be? And a lot of it comes with, you know, the, the hiring and the language we're using. And for me, this is, this is ironic because in sales, it's all about knowing our buyer, knowing what's going to motivate them, what's going to drive action, what language uh, is going to resonate with them emotionally, how can we connect? And so if you're trying to get more women into, your, into sales, into leadership, but yet you're using language that seems like you're trying to, you know, get them to sign up to go to war, you know, this quota crushing hunter gangster role, like it's not going to happen. So I just think, how can we be mindful of the language we're using to really invite um, women to come to the table to, to apply to these roles that support the strengths they have, their innate strengths. So do you want someone who's the ability to connect, to build trust, um, you know, to be a, a team player, to collaborate, all this drives results. And so some people might think, well, those are all soft skills. Chat GBT <laughs> looks after the rest. This is what we need now. We need humanized, meaningful experiences. And so when we bring a diverse group of people to the table, and especially women, we can do that. But yet you're, we're not responding to what you're putting out there. So I, I would just invite the sales leaders, the company owners who are looking to attract more women on their team, look at the language they're using. Because... You're not going to get women, women to the table. And, and what that does then is think about the women who are in the entry-level roles, the SDR roles, even the AE roles. And they're looking around them. They're looking up and they're saying, well, what's my growth path here? Like, where's the development opportunities? And this was my experience. I looked around and there was no women in leadership. There was no role models, no mentorship for me. And so I just thought, well, like, I guess I'm just going to be here forever then. And so it's a catch-22. If we don't get more women in leader, we're not getting, you know, the strengths that's going to drive the business and drive revenue that women can produce. But also, we're not inviting those in the more entry-level positions and even the AE positions to go to leadership because they don't see anyone like them. And so we really want to start with looking at the language we're using to attract women. And, and when you also look at women in VP roles, and this is from Lori's book, you know, 14% of women represent the VP role. And so, again, you have to ask yourself, what, how can we get this number up? So we're looking at, you know, what is this bro culture? Again, the language, not only to attract them, but once you're in there, you want to retain them. So what kind of culture are you creating? Women are looking for the growth and development pathway. We're also looking at, you know, family planning. How are you going to support us? Is there maternity leave? Is there paternity leave? Am I going to financially be able to start a family? When I come back, what's going to happen to me? Am I going to, um, even from my territory management, am I going to reap the benefits of all the work I've done up until this point? So all these, these very high emotionally charged topics need to be discussed, needs to lead with them in transparency so people know, okay, 
this, this is going to support me today, but also when I'm ready to, to have a family. And so things like that are very important. And when we can have topics like that, and when we can have open communication and safe, honest conversation, that's what's going to, that's what's going to bring women to the table. But when we're talking Rambo talk, bro culture, smash the gong, smash your quota, quota, you know, it's going to be status quo. That's who's going to win there. So you have to ask yourself, how bad do I want it? And then, and then you could say, well, what, you know, as females, what can we do on our own? And I'm going to share three things that we can do. And the first one is, you know, what kind of networking, what kind of community can you surround yourself in? So is there, you know, a women, women in sales group? Is there a woman in tech? Is there um, some sort of entrepreneurial community? Can you even create one that allows you to come together? And sometimes it's just a sounding board to, to, to share what's going on and, and get the sense of, okay, I'm not the only one going through this. I'm not on my own. And I've been a part of many of those. And the feedback at the end is just so valuable that, that you, the, the, I, I feel heard. I feel acknowledged. I feel validated. I got out of my head. And because, you know, especially small business owners or entrepreneurs, it's a lonely world out there. So how can you surround yourself with other female entrepreneurs, share, support each other? And just knowing that you're not going through this alone is very powerful. The second one is a mentor. Do you have a mentor? Do you have someone who's two to four years ahead of where you want to be? Can you, can they mentor you? Can you have a conversation with you? Can you build a, you know, development plan and say, is this, you know, am I on the right path here? Can you support me? But it allows you to have that long-term vision. And then you have the micro steps in between and you can, you know, continually check in with them to make sure that you're tracking accordingly. And I would say the third one, uh, mindset, and this is really important, but it also plays into that second one of having a mentor that as you're checking in, you know, and you're going through these, these short-term goals and the, the micro goals and you're building habits, there's going to be times when you get, you, you fall off, you get in your head, you get comparisonitis and you, you know, you feel, you feel small, you start playing small. And so how can we control our mindset? And I would say most women I coach it's mindset. It starts with mindset. That that lack of belief that um, I can't do it. No one's going to listen to me. No one's going to take me seriously. And this is where you need that Catherine Switzer to come in and say, "No, look at me. I look at me go. I'm going to blaze the trail for all of you." So I would say any women that that feel like that, before you go into a meeting, before you go into an, an interview, before you go into um, a coaching call with your manager, whatever that is, just ask yourself. How do I want to show up here? Who do I want to be in this meeting? What kind of, you know, Karen am I going to be here? And if you're waiting for that person to arrive in the meeting, it might be too late because when you look around the group and you have your type A's and they've already started, you know, overbearingly um, sharing in the conversation, you might start reclusing and going back to your secondary cardboard character self. So before you go into that meeting, how do I want to show up? Even if it's uncomfortable, I'm going to, I'm going to show up. I'm going to show up fierce. I am going to show up with conviction. I am going to be curious. I'm going to be a leader. I'm going to be brave. And I'm going to ask the questions. And I'm going to challenge. And I'm going to share. And what's going to happen is over time, the discomfort is going to decrease and decrease. And you're not even going to think about it anymore. And yes, you might say, well, Karen, it's incumbent upon the facilitator or the leader or the manager to to drive this. And yes, it should be, but it's not always going to be the case. So how can you be your own cheerleader? How can you blaze your own trail? And so before you go into that meeting, how do I want to show up? 
I want to be taken seriously. Or I deserve a seat at this table. And when I look at all the past female guests I've had on my podcast, a lot of them said, like, I, I know I was the only woman at the table, but I also knew that I had a different perspective, that I had something to share, that I, I had a unique skill that the others didn't have. And so know that you have something of contribution. You have something they need. They might not even know it yet, but you need to know it. And so when you have that self, self a belief that I belong here, I'm going to create a transformative experience because when they hear what I have to say, they're going to want to do something about it. But you got to have that belief within yourself. And if you go in there without that, unfortunately, you know, you're going to get taken over. And well, we have to look at what we can control. So in advance, know your worth. Know your why as well. Why did you get into this? Of all the companies, of all the jobs, why did you get into sales? And so really let that anchor you and ground you so that you have an unwavering, unapologetic reason for being. And I can tell you, I worked in um, healthcare and I was in hospitals 20 years. And there was always a sign, no unauthorized personnel beyond these doors. (laughs) In 20 years, that was never stopped. And because I had this conviction and I had a walk on me, it was like I, 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 I felt that I belonged there, whether I did or not. And when I first started, it was such a forced belief because I was quivering. I was, you know, I was early 20s. But over time, I believed it. I'm like, I have something here that you need and I'm going through those doors. And so where in your life are you not going through those doors? Whatever those doors mean for you, is it for the next job? Is it um, to be on a board? Is it to put yourself out there on social media? Is it to be a guest on a podcast? And even if you're going through those doors with a little bit of apprehension, a little bit of, oh, this doesn't feel great, that's okay at the beginning. Keep going. Keep going. And lean into that fear. Lean into the discomfort. Because on the other side of those doors is growth. And there's a sense of belief and conviction that I did it. And and that you know, parasynthetic, you're getting that reward, that dopamine hit, that's, that's contagious. You want more of it. So what do you think you're going to do next time those doors are closed? You're going to push through them. And before you know it, you're not even going to see doors. So mindset is just imperative. And the third point, so we think where we were, where we are, where are we going? How can we continue to have these conversations? And I would say even podcasts like this, how can we continue to drive awareness about women, about our needs, about coming together collectively with men, be each other's allies. They want to be educated too. They want to help, but they don't know what to do. So how can we empower them to have safe, open, honest conversations that's going to drive change? Even how can we start with our children, the younger generation, about the language we use? And I have a little girl and I have a little boy. And so I'm very mindful not to say, oh, be careful, honey, and you go get them. And what we do is we, we create, we, we treat the little girls like little eggs. And what this is doing is it's creating risk-averse adults. And they're not afraid to put their name in the hat. They're, not a, they're, they're in that McKinsey study that I'm going to wait till I have 10 out of 10 uh, criteria for the job before I put my name in the hat. Whereas men are going at six out of 10. No, get in there, be the same. So if you're a parent, if you're a coach, if you're a mentor, be mindful of the language you're using when you're speaking to little girls and little boys. I would also say in these conversations you're having is how can we model the behavior? How can we talk about uh, what we're doing as women? 
uh, to help other women to blaze the trail. And even, you know, the creating equality, like destigmatizing men against women. How can we come together collectively, work together? How can we talk about uh, we are getting paid 13 cents the dollar less than a man? How you, you tell that to a child and watch their face of confusion saying, but we're doing the exact same job. Why are they getting more? Yeah, I, I would like I would like an answer to that as well. So I, I, I think moving forward, we think, you know, we have to have awareness, but we need more than that. We need to have action. And, and it starts with wanting change, wanting a different outcome. So even if you're thinking, well, I'm only one person, what am I going to do? You're going to do a lot. Even for me as, as a podcast host, I have a voice. Um, I have a voice as a, as a member in my community. I have a voice as a member in my kids' school that we, we can still be the Catherine Switzers of the world. And so I would just invite you to what can you do differently to empower someone who you may not know needs it, but when they hear the message, it's going to motivate them to do, to do something they would probably not have otherwise done. So just being that role model, blazing the trail, and sometimes you think nobody's watching, but even maybe those are the days that you needed it for yourself. So in summary, um, happy International Women's Day for everybody who's a woman or identifying as a woman. Uh, let's work together collectively so that we can, you know, not, not talk about it so much every year. It's just another day because the playing field is starting to equalize. So if you think about, you know, where we were, where we are, where we're going, we can work together, women and men collectively, to really drive the outcomes we're looking for and um, model the behavior, be the change that we want to see. And so I would invite you all, you know, to think of what, what three things can I do today that's going to make a difference in someone else's life, to create an inclusive culture that's going to invite them to step up, to say something, to make it um, not as uncomfortable. And, and be, being intentional is very important. So I invite you to do that today. And uh, you may see the results and you may not. It might be, it might hit someone on the inside. And you know what? This is what integrity is. It's doing the right thing when no one's watching. So saying and doing the right thing, maybe you get the validation, maybe you don't, but you still keep doing um, those type of initiatives and that's what's going to move the needle. So thanks for listening, everybody. Happy International Women's Day and we'll see you next time.